Corcher, the hottest sports app in the history of sports apps. Download from the App Store today. Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Rubber Kick Squires. Yes, indeed. Good morning. A weekend off for those playing rugby uh, at an international level, but not for us. We refuse to have time off. <laughs> I know. I, in fact, once the whole season's over, the rugby championship, I'm still going to just turn up here. Just turn up? Just turn up. See uh, if we can't get a start. Yeah, why, why wouldn't we? <laughs> if anybody else in the studio, we'll just walk straight in. I'm sorry. This is the ruck time. This is the ruck. Yeah. So there's plenty to talk about, despite there being uh, no footy, uh, no r- rugby over the weekend. First thing we'll talk about is Tim Horan, uh, Berkey, because he's still on the Gold Coast. Still. Uh, he was there last week. Um, what's going on, fella? Are you just uh, holidaying up, or what's happening? Yeah, just a whole over the family on the Gold Coast, a wonderful Gold Coast. And mm-hmm. I, you might say there's probably no international rugby on, but there's still uh, rugby in Brisbane and, uh, you know, the Queensland um, Grand Final coming up at, at uh, Ballymore at 3 o'clock today. But also, yeah. it's probably a weekend off for, for parents, though, isn't it? Because they're forever taking kids to club rugby or yeah. uh, junior rugby, and now they're taking to the nippers. Ah, the nippers. nippers are everywhere this morning. Did you, did, yeah. you get out the, did you get out in the water this morning? Helmet. I was out in the water on the, uh, the the surf ski and did a couple of hours and there's uh, came back in there was nippers everywhere like little ants running around the beach. <laughs> a couple of hours on the surf ski this morning. Do you, this is a regular occurrence for you. Yeah, usually is. Yeah, it's just a once or twice a week just to try and to try and stay a bit mentally fit and get, a, big get out of get out family and about. man, Tim. Just yeah. two hours, two hours in the morning. Yeah. Get, your, get your own breakfast. <laughs> oh, I've got teenage daughters. I've got to wake them up at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Are you going to go to, oh, I don't know, the theme park while you're on there? Are you going to go to Movie World or Wet n Wild? What are you going to do? No, we're, we're pretty close to the Crumb and Bird Centre. Have you been there before, Tony? Oh, yeah, I have How good's that place? Great photographs of uh, with the birds are eaten out of those tins of you know mush yeah, yeah. while well, they land on your head. Oh, the honey it. and the bread. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. All right, well, while you've been doing that and keep it, trying to keep away from your family by going out into the water, <laughs> yeah, your good colleague uh, here, Matthew Burke, has been doing the terrific family thing. What's happened this morning for you? We're up at Sparrows this morning, uh, Tony. It's my eldest's 10th birthday today, oh. so um, they're up at... Uh, her, t- her name being? Her name's Harriet. Harriet, um, happy Harriet, birthday, yep. Harriet. Harriet, happy yep. birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 today. Yeah. Uh, we've already done the run of hot chocolates this morning, so we've got p- p- piled all four in the car and, uh, and, and did the run. Beautiful. A few presents, uh, they change now. They go from sort of, you know, the toys to now shoes and clothes and little handbaggy purse type number and necklaces, so... And it's four girls for you, isn't it? Four girls. Oh, good luck, fella. I can't wait till the marrying years. <laughs> I'm going to hand those presents down, so girls, get ready. The younger ones, get sorted. So much to talk about. We are going to chat with uh, Richard Graham, who, of course, takes over in the Reds camp coaching department. Uh, we'll get to him later. Plus, we're counting down those top ten moments, the Wallaby moments. We're up to number four. That's later in the show. This is The Ruck. That is uh, Hunters and Collectors, and this is The Ruck. It's your Sunday rugby show, all for Scorcher, for those who are regular listeners. And our producer, um, Mav, a terrific boy. Mm. Uh, now, he's cruelly efficient, a uh, very slick operator, obviously. Uh, today, have you noticed this morning? This morning, slightly different, isn't it? <laughs> he's had the uh, what's known in the business uh, as the, well, it's Mad Saturday, his mm. footy team. Uh, and yesterday, he is the word getting on it? Is that... 
too much? Ma- massively. 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 That's the word I was, I was searching for. Uh, Timmy, you're not, you can't see Mab, but you know Mab. You've been to the, uh, you know, he, the many tongue lashings when he gets upset about stuff that goes oh, on the show. Doesn't he uh, what? Right, doesn't he get of. angry? Usually when he's professional. But today, just everything is just seemed to be floating along, having a top time. Uh, yesterday was his, you know, they, they got knocked out last weekend, I think, of his, his footy. seemed to have their Mad Saturday yesterday. Uh, and look, it didn't tip too far into Mad Sunday, I don't think. Uh, but he, there he is. So look, we, we, if you notice that we we have no paperwork, that's just not my fault. I just that's... I noticed the blanket and pillow on the I know. couch over there. What was that there. about? Yeah. Well, is it is it kind of a sleep in the studio? It could be sort just a, like a make sure you. Maybe he's taking a bit of my idea and said yeah. sleep in the car park. He's taking a couch upstairs. <laughs> yes. Uh, look, it has been terrific. He's slightly injured, as many of the Wallabies, uh, as, as we know. It's been one of those kinds of years, uh, hasn't it? And, and Berkey, with the week off, obviously that is something that's going to be good for them in terms of getting some cattle back. But there have been a lot of people who have been uh, knocked around. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, Andrew Slack's comments mm. on John O'Neill using that as some kind of excuse and whether that is in fact valid. But the names that are being pulled out now about people who may have to come back into the side yeah, seem it, a little bit far-fetched. I saw, uh, I saw one the other. I mean, you can't use the, the, the excuse of the injuries. I mean, it's, uh, you've got to be able to have people that are backing up and be able to play at that, at that top level. And that's what the whole super rugby process is, to get you ready to play Test match rugby. Uh, but they threw out Matt Giddo the other day, I saw on a bit of social media. He's playing some good rugby over in Toulon at the moment. Yeah. And they threw, he, they threw his name out. And, you know, at a pinch, he could come into that team and, and, and run a 10, 12 role, whatever. Because yeah. of obviously, uh, now we hear that Cooper's not going to be able to recover in, in time for the end of season tour because of a, um, uh, an issue with his leg before he went to, to surgery. be interesting call, wouldn't it, the phone call to Matt Guido. Mm. Have either of you two, and now look, I, we heard this morning that Timmy Horan, you know, he's there out there paddle, paddling away for two hours every morning, uh, super fit, ready to go now. <laughs> uh, he's still I, might, got, I, might get, I might get the call for cool and get a goal yeah. again. <laughs> Timmy's still got his gear hung up just, out, just out before he gets out the hallway, just near the front door, uh, ready to go. His boots are still, still shiny. He's, he's, still, he's, still, <laughs> he's still getting his speedos out of you know where. Yeah, yeah, like that's right. This morning. Yeah, don't go down the wet and wild slippery dip with speedos just to, that's a word of warning. But, Berkey, have you had that kind of phone I call? I did. I did, uh, interestingly enough. I got it uh, 2007 before the World Cup. Chris Latham hurt his knee, and I was overseas in Newcastle at the time. And uh, I, got a, I got a phone. I was driving to work and got a phone call. Work, if you call it work. I was driving to training. Mm. And I got a phone call. I saw the, the plus six, num- six one number. And I, I, I let it go through the keeper, and I got this message. It's a bit of a cryptic message. And actually, Helmet, I thought it was you. I thought it was you sort of stirring the pot. Mm-hmm. And it was right. basically this bloke at the other end saying, uh, mate, um, would you be interested in, in coming to play? And I was like, oh, what are we, what are we doing? So I rang the number at the end, and, and, I, and I thought it was, a, as, as I said, a bit of a, a take. Mm-hmm. And it was John Connolly saying, mate, we want you to come back. Ben Australian coach. Ben Australian coach, we want you to come back. And I, I said, what, as gear steward <laughs> and, and, and what fits the balls? He said, no, no, we want you to play. And as it turned out, it was uh, come back and play it back in Australia and sort of get ready for World Cup. But we had a holiday booked in the south of France, so it was uh, like priorities. Um, yeah, priorities, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so my priorities were uh, little short coffees down and uh, a bit of sunshine. Timmy, would you ever get that phone call? Uh, not right. Well, I had one phone call when I uh, when I finished up. I played in, in Europe for three years, and a bit similar to Berkey, had a phone call around sort of 2003 World Cup time. But it was more of a you know you finished playing in the UK. Do you think you could sort of be 
keep training on in case you know <laughs> there's an opportunity there. or, an in, or, or an injury in the World Cup in 2003. I said, listen, uh, my last two games, I threw all my boots into the crowd in a uh, club site I played for in the UK called Saracens. Yeah. And I've kept one pair of uh, um, what they call moulded sole boots just in case. I said, the only time I'll come back is in the classic Wallabies in Bermuda. So <laughs> I've got a spare pair of boots for that. But just back on the, on, the, on your point, as you mentioned, uh, Tony, with the excuses there. Berkey, I actually think there is a reason for some excuses. Um, I mean, whether you call excuses or just bad luck, there's been so many players out with injury. But what Australians don't like is people using excuses. You oh, just yeah. have to fly, you have to go with it because, yes, there's about, you know, they say 24 players out injured, but um, the key players are out. And that's always looking now for where's the second-tier competition because you're playing club football and then you're getting called up to play in the Wallabies. Mm. Timmy, that's exactly right. The thing is, while it may be absolutely valid, it's probably best to just keep quiet and, rather than using it as, as an excuse. I mean, that's what Andrew Slack, the former Wallabies captain, said, and he, he wrote... Uh, in the uh, Sunday Mail in Brisbane. Excuses are for wimps, was his line. And he's, of course, talking about John, ARU chief John O'Neill using that mm. exact line. Uh, he told us, quote, he told us 24 players were unavailable for Wallaby selection. I'm wondering if that includes 65-year-old hard man Stan Pilecki, who had a nasty occurrence of gout earlier in the decade. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a nice turn of phrase. Like, <laughs> was it, it, it like that? It's spot on, though, isn't it? I mean, you can't use that excuse. You can't, you can't then... You know, justify because people across the uh, the other side of the ditch have just got yep. the little violins going. Oh, how bad do I feel for you? Not <laughs> exactly. When we come back, we're going to talk to Richard Graham. He's moved from uh, Western Australia to Queensland. Join to join Timmy. This is the Ruck. This is the Ruck. It brings back some great memories, Rob Thomas. Matchbox Twenty. I remember my wife went into labour at a concert, a Matchbox Twenty <laughs> concert. And, <laughs> And I reckon there was about three songs to go. Then they were going to come back for an encore. And she says, oh, I think my, I think my waters are broken. I'm going, no, no, you're all right. Sit down, sit down, cross your legs. Just, they're coming back on. <laughs> I said, I paid back, back then. I said, I paid 45 bucks a ticket here each. You know, just stay. Just give us another five, ten minutes. Yeah, was it, was it, what number child was it? Uh, it was our number three. Oh, right, so, so it could have um, gone quickly then, yeah. So you, yes. had, you had to move. So. Wow. Was Rob Thomas kind of the uh, the music o- o- of your relationship? Like like nine months earlier, was he involved at all? Not really, no. no. Rob wasn't, no. Right, but yeah. uh, when he sta- well, as we walked out, I remember walking out, he started to sing uh, that song, you know, 3 a.m. And I'm going, yeah. hang on, just wait, let's just stand at the door and listen to this. She said, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you are a classic. Uh, just hang around, there's an encore, and I've paid 40 bucks for these tickets. <laughs> Forget classic. about Classic horn, <laughs> classic horn is it? Classic. I'm surprised you paid for the ticket, Helen. <laughs> well, I was, I was actually thinking of, I was about to sort of put her in a taxi and say, I'll meet you there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you are a one terrific father and husband. Uh, this is one terrific show. This is the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. And uh, the former Western Force coach, Richard Graham, has lobbed. He's now Queensland Reds coach uh, for the 2013 Super Rugby season. And he joins us right here, right now. Richard, hello and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Uh, just listening there to that story. Uh, Timmy, Nigel Ray, give you those tickets? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in Australia, Richard. So, um, but uh, you must be pretty pleased, mate, to be back in uh, Queensland. Obviously, you're a Queenslander boy, and uh, you went to Ashgrove School in Brisbane, and you spent a bit of time, obviously, over in the UK uh, doing your uh, your apprenticeship with Bath and also Saracens, and then Western Force. What was that experience like over in Perth? Yeah, mate, I really enjoyed it. To be fair, very strong rugby community there in Western Australia. Um, yeah, obviously didn't enjoy the success I would have wanted on the field, but I think it's given me a really good, um, you know, foundation, a basis uh, to begin my life as a head coach. And uh, you know, coming home to Queensland is a great place to uh, continue that. Mate, you, you talk about. 
So I was just to say, Tony, you talk about head coach, um, Richard. So you are going to be the head coach for the Queensland Reds and you and Mackenzie, who has been head coach for the last three years, is he going to be director of rugby? Is that the way you see it? Yeah, yeah, Timmy, uh, absolutely. So, mate, you and Matty, having played over there, very familiar with the uh, the European model of uh, director of coaching and also head coaches. So my aim really is to go in there and focus uh, purely on the rugby. Uh, Ewan at this stage looking, I guess, future-proof the place is a, is a good way of putting it. So, you know, retention, recruitment, uh, strategy, the growth of the game. But, mate, he's still going to be involved uh, heavily in the, in the rugby. He'll coach the rugby. And at the end of the day, I'm accountable to him. He's my boss. Mate, you come into a side uh, that has a terrific reputation, not only for, for winning, but also for the style of rugby they play. In, entertaining, even for, even for an old Waratah supporter like me, it has always been terrific to watch the past couple of seasons, the way that the Reds go about their business. Does that sort of style sit with you? Yeah, it fits very well with me. Um, yeah, you look at the personnel, and right right across the, the group, a young uh, group full of enthusiasm, you know, tasted success, really enjoy the way that they're playing. I think as a consequence, you know, they've really got the whole state behind them. So it sits very well with me, and uh, for us, just looking to evolve. Richie Berkey, mate, I want to ask you a question about the sevens and the sevens format and stuff, and which you've played yourself and you've had a hand in uh, in developing. Is there still a place for the young guys to come through uh, uh, for the 15 aside? Is that where you're going to be looking at to get some new talent to come into the Reds? I reckon it's a good avenue, uh, Matty. It teaches you a lot of skills. Um, I think your contact skills, that breakdown element of the game, your decision-making, drawing, passing, your conditioning, I think it's a really good foundation. And for us, you know, people talk about the depth that we have in Australia. Well, we've got now five super rugby teams, but also that next level of sevens. Definitely a place for it. Um, you know, and I'm pleased it's part of the rugby calendar. Mate, is it true? Do you have a, a Commonwealth Games medal? I do. I have a bronze medal from uh, 1998. Disappointed we didn't add to that in 2002, to be fair. And, and how often do you bring it out to the boys and just show them, just dust, dust it off? <laughs> hey, mate, the kids use it as a doorstep. It'd <laughs> <laughs> hey? be show and tell, though. You'd have to, the kids would have taken the show and tell, haven't they? Every time they ask for Chantel, I give them the same medal, mate. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they rub it that much, it might turn gold in the end. You never know. Well, mate, look, it's lovely for you to join us on the show. Welcome to the Reds. Uh, enjoy your time there, and let's hope we get to catch up uh, on this show over the next season. Nah, fantastic, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Good on you, Richard. There is the incoming uh, head coach of the Queensland Reds, Richard Graham. This is The Rock. That is the member for Kingston Smith. Uh, this <laughs> Dream World, the song is called. This is The Rock, your Sunday rugby show for Scorcher. Download it for free in the App Store today. Not just rugby, of course. On this program, we like to keep you across everything that's happening in the world of sports. So time for the patented uh, sports wrap. Let's start with the NRL. Uh, Canterbury, the Bulldogs, no longer flying under the radar. They are into the grand final. They beat the Rabbitohs 32-8 last night. They walloped them, didn't they? Didn't they? Well, you know, the Rabbitohs look pretty good. They're up 8-4, and mm. then Reynolds, that kid who's been terrific, the halfback for the Rabbitohs all season, pulled his hammy, and uh, after that, uh, the doggies just tore them apart. What about the Perrot? So who's going to be favourite then, boys? Who's going to be favourite? Bulldogs or Storm? Uh, look, I thought Storm were incredibly clinical, and they're Craig Bellamy. Those, if they're three, you know, as you guys know, that kind of they're what calls the spine in rugby league. It's the love. The big, it's the turn. We heard it the other but, day. It's the big three. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. It's like you're in Africa trying to find the big five. Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so spot them. It's Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, and Billy Slater. If those three fire uh, and they drag everybody else with them, I think they will win that game. Mm. 
And gee, won't there be big celebrations given what happened with Melbourne losing to, you know, having two uh, premierships taken off them. Mm. In the AFL, uh, Hawthorne beat Adelaide. So they're playing the Swannies in the grand final next Saturday. Won't that be good? They did tough last night, Hawks. They did, didn't they? Well, I think that they were so... I think Adelaide were paying about six dollars. Dollar oh eight or something. Yeah, it was. You know, that would have been the biggest upset in the history of the game. Mm. But Adelaide certainly took it to them. Uh, Lewis Jetta waits for them. Gee, he, he, isn't he an exciting player to watch on in any sport? You see somebody who just is has that buzz about them. What about when he when he ran that in for that goal yeah. and he ran? It must have run sixty meters or a yeah. hundred meters. Yeah. But he was just looking back. Like that, that's the most yeah. insulting thing. Is you that just, what it is? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, as you're running away to score a try, you just yeah. a little glance back and go, "Yeah, you're mate, chase yeah. hard. You're not going to get me." Have you done a few of those in your time, Dirk? Well, I told you that one. I looked at the big screen. That's when, we're playing, <laughs> <laughs> when we're playing France, so it's, I said, "Yeah, I think I got. I got about four meters, three meters, two meters. Yeah, I'm okay here." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, did you ever look behind as you ran away? Because I know you were very, very quick in your day. No, back in my day, we didn't have big screens back in my day, Berkey. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you had somebody just get doing a sketch. What about the? Uh, is it the, uh, the the full forward for uh, Adelaide? Is it Walker? Is it Shannon Walker or um, Tex? Yeah, Te- Taylor oh. Walker, man with two, man with two last names. He and Adam it's Scott should Walker. get together and swap names. Should be Adam Walker and Scott Taylor. <laughs> what about he's trying to bring the mullet back? How good's that? Yeah, he has it's got massive, a very good it? mullet, hasn't he? It's terrific. Well, it's, it is Adelaide. It is nineteen seventy-eight. There. Is this show going to Adelaide? I think we're okay. Okay, good. In cricket, the uh, Australia beat the West Indies at the World T20. It was rain, uh, rain affected. So, um, Berkey, could you get your whiteboard out, please, and explain to the, the listeners the Duckworth the Lewis system? Duckworth Lewis, yes. Yeah. So, uh, run scored, overs bowled, balls, and and they've got enough. Correct. That's right. Chris Gale looked good for the Windies. They got fifty four, but uh, Shane Watson was man of the match. So they're through to the uh, the final eight. I think it's called the Super Eight. And the golf, uh, the Tour Championship, one round to go. Ten million bucks. Solid, isn't it? Yeah. Brant Schnedeker uh, and Justin Rose, uh, Brit, share the lead there at eight under. And uh, Adam Scott, the man with two first names, uh, is the best of the Aussies in the field. He's at one over par. So there you go. There is your wrap of sport uh, from around the globe. Next, we're going to talk haircuts in rugby and Michael Checker at the Waratahs. Right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. Tim Horan, Matthew Burke and Tony Squires with you. Time for... The Ruck. Here it comes for Australia. The top ten moments. The green and gold of Australia. In Aussie rugby. Yes, we are counting them down. The best moments for the Wallabies. I'd like to take you back to 1991, Berkey. Mm. Timmy, uh, I'm not sure if you were there. Uh, we're talking about Rugby World Cup. <laughs> we're, talking, <laughs> we're talking semi-final. We're talking Lansdowne Road in Dublin. What a place to play football. Not that I've done that. Uh, we're talking uh, the Wallabies and New Zealand in the semi-final. And I think we've mentioned before on this program the name David Campisi. And the thing about David Campisi from an outsider's point of view was uh, basically you had to expect the unexpected. And one man quite close to this program did just that on that afternoon, and this happened. Here's Campisi. The bounce important. Campisi! Yes! Oh, There's Gordon Bray not really saying what happened. No. Uh, because he was slightly distracted by the music they played very loudly. It's interesting, isn't yeah, it, how yeah. they play that, that music through the game? Yeah, I know. It's an Irish thing. Or is it a Tim Horan thing? When every scores a try, apparently has his I own just, soundtrack. I think we ripped that from Tim Horan's uh, best of well, apparently, yeah, playlist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, wherever he goes, uh, Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20 just turns up and sings for him. He's wonderful. Goes into labour. It's, <laughs> it's sensational. Timmy, tell us exactly what happened on that afternoon. 
Yeah, so it was a semi-final at Lansdowne Road in in Dublin. Wonderful uh, match against the All Blacks, and I think it's probably uh, it was probably the f- best forty minutes of rugby that we've played as a team for many many years. And I think we're up about thirteen three at half time. And David Campese got the ball. Michael Liner put a little chip over the top. Campo got the ball, and he was running left and right, and then right, then left. And the thing was with Campo, a wonderful player. And I think he played 101 test matches, scored 63 tries and made two tackles in his career. <laughs> he, was a, he was a player who, whenever... And then he threw the ball over his shoulder yep. and sort of I happened to catch it and run a few metres and score the try. But um, everyone sort of asked the question, Do you, did you know that Campo was going to throw the pass? And I knew... When he was about 10 metres away from defence, probably no chance. When he was five metres away from two defenders, I thought, no, he may be getting close. But whenever Campo got about a metre away from someone about the tackling, he'd just throw the ball anywhere. (laughs) So I I knew it was coming somewhere and caught it and sort of dived over the line. But um, Lansdowne Road was a great uh, occasion. Even even the week before, we played Ireland in the But Before you get there, Timmy, before you get there, because I want to say, you say you just fell over the line. You did more than that. I just watched it again this morning. You flirted dangerously with the dead ball line. Yes. You ran round and your foot was so close to going over the dead ball line. Mind you, though, uh, Timmy, if you remember the, the, the try Campisi scored against Italy in 1994, he was actually three feet out over the sideline. They still give it. So you would have got that try anyhow. It's okay. <laughs> you would have got it anyway. Hey, uh, I heard a rumour. Well, I was a young pup at that stage there watching you guys uh, back in Australia. Did you come up with that pass? Did you, did you devise that pass? We actually we actually practiced it a few times at training. Just just when you play touch around. football at training, mucking yeah. around. So uh, it was a planned move. So it's it's, so it's uh, Tim Horan like incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> Credit Tim Horan. Okay, so take but us was, back to the week before, yes, because it was another was amazing say, moment in Wallaby history. Yeah, well, the week before we were obviously playing Ireland in the quarterfinal, and it was an amazing experience when you when you pull up at the bus that's uh, going towards Lansdowne Road because the, the streets are so narrow, you have to hop out and walk about sort of 150 metres, and you go past, of course, only in in Dublin, six pubs. Yeah. So you walk past these pubs, and there's people cheering, and they're spilling pints of Guinness, and all they want is the game to start. But um, we we scored a try. Michael Liner scored a try with about 30 seconds to go in the game. It was the first time ever in my career that um, the, the whole ground went silent mm. and you could hear the commentators, Gordon Bray and Chris Butter Handy, in the crowd commentating on the game because everything else went deathly silent. And um, it was amazing because then the Irish then supported the Wallabies for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, it was wonderful. Well, terrific just to watch those. If you get a chance, go to YouTube, watch both of those moments. They mm. are, are great. And as I say, just any man who can have his own soundtrack uh, as he wanders this life, as Tim Horan does... <laughs> <laughs> is just an amazing thing. This is so coming the... up, boys. We got we got the top three coming up then. So in the next few weeks, then Tony, who's like, Berkey's had a run, hasn't he? Well, Berkey has had a run. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure he's completely happy that that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> you, you did saw a, you saw a YouTube clip this morning. I thought that might get a run. But yeah, I know. Right. Berkey does hang around. Just yeah, as I walk past, he's got the computer. You know, great Matthew Burke try. Just types <laughs> yeah. it in. Just just in the off chance that it might get included. <laughs> we'll he, wants, he wants two in the he wants two in the top ten. Yeah, the top he does. Three. There are some great moments which will be included in the top three. We'll get there next week. This is the Ruck. It is your Sunday rugby show. This is the Ruck. And this is the Ruck. It's your Sunday. Sunday Rugby Show for Scorcher, speaking of Burn, the hottest sports app in the history of sports apps. Thank you very much, Segway Sam. Uh, Tony Squires, Matthew Burke and Tim Horan with you. Sadly, uh, we are rushing towards the end of this hour. Uh, still, though, we a couple of things to discuss. I want to get to in a moment, uh, Burke. I know that you wrote about Michael Checker, who has mm-hmm. been appointed 
as the Waratahs coach for the next Super Rugby season. I'd love to get your impressions of how he's going to go. Uh, it's a tough little gig to be stepping into. Before we do that, though, you arrived this morning uh, brandishing a newspaper from Friday just with some interest in hairstyles. Hairstyles. What's happening? Well, I mean, you look back at some of the uh, the hairstyles through history and, and mm-hmm. as I mentioned last week... Uh, sporting hairstyles. Sporting hairstyles. Yes. And, and there have been some of uh, some of the classics. Some of the Argentinians were outstanding. Oh, I mean, our own Tim Horan had the helmet that never moved. Uh-huh. I had a... Uh, pretty solid quiff, if that if that's the case. You did. You did, It was kind of a, a like a private school mullet, wasn't it? Very, yeah, exactly right. The reverse mullet. Reverse plenty, mullet. Of, plenty at the front, yeah. short sides <laughs> at the back. There, exactly right. Um, but I, I, what caught my attention was uh, was one James O'Connor and yes. the what would you call it Bex style different type of haircuts he's been going through. It was an interesting one of late. Yes, it was called the. Samurai. The samurai, yeah. Well, he's gone through, because he had the Justin Bieber, uh, was the one he sported mostly, I yes. guess, with that kind of just mob, mm. uh, wasn't it? And then, he, as you say, he's gone for this samurai, which is basically a man who hasn't got enough hair for a ponytail, puts it in a ponytail. <laughs> so it's basically like a top-knot pigeon. Uh, it's just up, I want to know, know who makes these names up. What do they sit in the salons and go, okay, what are we going to call this one? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but when you look at the picture, and we might be able to... to do something to get it on uh, on Twitter or Facebook here at, uh, at Triple M here, but yeah. it looks like a samurai. It's like a, a bit of short back and side, mm-hmm. and he's got the uh, he's got the short little ponytail at the top there. And yeah, I think he's trying to look. Uh, and look, it's never going to happen for you, James. It's just between you and me. He's trying to look a bit tough. Yes, uh, and look it's tough for a winger. Yeah, and uh, the, the Rod Stewart look he had before, I thought was probably closer to tough than than <laughs> the, um, the samurai wallaby. Uh, it just, I don't know, James, what's going on. Because James does speak in the third person a lot sure. as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he as does. we know, Tony loves when, when people when people speak. And Tony's very impressed with that. Very uh, good. So, uh, look, uh, we were looking about other ones. And, of course, there is a man who has similar style of hair, but much more of it. And many of our listeners will know and love. A bit tougher? Yeah, a little bit tougher. Chabal, uh, the oh. French rugby player, who came out and played some subbies for the one game uh, in Balmain. Sydney for Balmain. That's right, this, uh, this season, which was terrific. And when he came, we were very, very excited. His hair is uh, frightening so much so that, as you know, he had his own doll made after him. I don't know if you've seen on. Go to YouTube and just type in Shabal doll, C-H-A-B-A-L, uh, bear, actually, Shabal bear, and, and you'll get the little clip. Uh, and it has a terrific warning, as you can hear. Warning. Shabal bear is not for everyone, including people who are weak or easily disturbed. Shabal bear should not be left alone with pets. Do not look Shabal bear directly in the eyes. In time, Shabal bear will grow physically stronger. Unexplained sweat stains could be a sign that Shabal bear is unhappy. <laughs> Shabal bear is not a toy. Shabal bear can hear you even when you whisper. At night, Shabal bear will watch you sleep. Shabal bear cannot be destroyed. If Shabal bear escapes from cage, run away. Cage sell separately. <laughs> Run away. So, <laughs> some of the best. Yeah. Now, now may, may, just maybe, yes. I think that was a Puma ad uh, with Sebastian Sabal. Yes, okay. Now, from all reports, the uh, the self-promotion is uh, is Puma for James, James O'Connor. O'Connor as well. Maybe he's looking for a little angle, little oh. European angle coming down south. Right, okay. The James and, O'Connor and bear. Antipodean bear. That, wouldn't that be good? I love to say, the koala bear. <laughs> the koala bear. <laughs> the old, old koala drop bear. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> We're back to the future. All right, just quickly, men. Uh, Michael Checker, just tell me a little bit about him. He obviously played a, a thousand games for Randwick. He mm. involved with seven premierships for the Gallup and Greens. Uh, Greens, he, he was. Uh, and uh, from all I read and hear, he's a man who's dedicated to the work ethic, uh, leaves no stone unturned, all those sorts of things. 
is that the right shape, the right fit for what should be happening at the Waratahs, Berkey? And, and plus he was just a, a hard player. And, and, and I, I write in the article that I think the guys should go back and watch a bit of early sort of, you know, or late 80s, early 90s rugby when Czech was playing just to see what's expected of with these guys when they go out and, uh, and on the training paddock and then take the field because he was exactly that. He was in amongst a, a team that had internationals, you know, left, right and centre of that, of that Ramwick crew. So he had to hold his own and probably give a little bit more as well, which was probably the great thing about it. He was just a tough player. So I think that's the first thing that's going to be expected of these guys, just to muscle up and be able to be stronger when you're out in the park. Timmy? I think you're being, he'll, he'll certainly bring some discipline to the Waratahs, and that's what's required. He's a, he's a wonderful coach, Michael. Check it done a lot overseas in, in Europe uh, with uh, Leinster in Ireland and also in, uh, in Paris as well. So he's taken those clubs to, to really high levels, uh, Heineken Cup success. So coming back to Australia is a different story, though, because he's got uh, virtually all the players have been given to, the, to him, uh, bar one. I think he's got one player left to select mm. um, so a tough call but certainly what he's got to bring to the Waratahs is an entertaining game they can't be playing a, a boring style of ga- game because there's so much competition in sport in Sydney at the moment and um, he needs to try and get these uh, players playing some sort of game with, with some width. That is a great point Timmy that's exactly what needs to happen in terms of getting bums on seats which is essential bums on seats are not going to boo you uh, which is what <laughs> their Waratahs really are looking for next season alright and uh, speaking of uh, ending the season Br- uh, Brisbane Grand final today, Tim? Yeah, Brisbane Grand Final, 3 o'clock at Ballymore. So get out there and uh, sit on the hill, the, uh, the old 4X hill. University plays Sunnybank. A couple of players uh, from university. So there's obviously Mike Harris um, is uh, playing for university and then will probably jump on the plane to go and join the Wallabies uh, on about Tuesday in South Africa. So uh, And also Ben Tapawai plays for Sunnybank. Also Rob Simmons from Sunnybank as well. So a couple of Wallaby players there as nice. well. Luke Morahan from the Reds. So be a great game this afternoon at Ballymore to get out and have a look. All right, we'll do that. And, of course, uh, Tim Horan will be getting out on the Gold Coast, uh, back on the surf ski, straight from the studio. Out he goes. <laughs> straight to the coast. <laughs> kind of a, a little wave and a tip to his family. He's allegedly holding with and, uh, Yeah, I might just go and do the, uh, the beach flags with the nippers and yeah. try and win something. <laughs> beach flags. I love beach flags. You'd be very good at that, too. A bit of Rob Thomas in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to talk to you, all of you. Get out and enjoy your footy, and we'll see you next week on The Ruck.